Hello and welcome back to French Football Weekly Podcast. My name is Chris, I'm your host as usual, and I'm delighted to say that the three of us are back this week. Apologies for no podcast last week, uh, Jez was was a poorly boy, and uh, hopefully all recovered now because you're back on tonight. So how are you feeling, Jez? Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better, thanks. Good, 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 good. There was, there was a genuine moment where I worried that you might have just packed your bags and gone last week and we didn't hear you. I was very concerned so <laughs> very glad to hear you're okay and uh we're both in the same boat this weekend with regards to uh, being screwed over by various officials but we won't go there um phil you're also here how are you doing i'm i'm good my bottom fitters have left early to go on a tile hunt so yeah it's been interesting good stuff well i mean if there's ever anything that will bring stress on a monday it's that or it's workmen in general so uh you have my um you have my empathy on that one but uh we will talk about some football to hopefully heal the wounds of the classic monday stresses we've got plenty to discuss we are um, in the interest of time we're going to skip through um the results of the, the games previous the previous week obviously we're just going to focus on this week and i wanted to start with uh, a little conversation about marseille because uh and i'll come to you jess first of all why not it's been a, almost a running joke with Marseille that we've kind of always said, well, if only they were consistent, if only they could just find some consistency, if, if only they would just stop the infighting and get a settled side, etc. and so on. And I feel like, barring the blip at Nice last week, which we're not going to cover, as I said, but they were back on track this weekend with a, a 2-0 win away at Claremont. They beat PSG in the coupe, which Phil will fill us in on a little bit later in midweek. I just wanted to tip the hat, really, and, and say Igor Tudor seems to be doing a really good job there and setting aside some of the egos. You know, Dimitri Payet is, is clearly on the bench consistently now. He's playing the right players in the right positions. He seems to be adapting his style for different games. They are in a genuine title race here, Jez, aren't they? Especially with PSG, who will come on to doing what they're doing currently. Yeah, I mean, the way PSG are playing and the way Lens have slipped off a bit, they're, they're definitely right up there. Um, I mean, I, for me, the, the issue is never sort of whether Marseille can find consistency during a season. It's from one season to the next. They seem to have a, a strong season and then a poor season, and it, it carries on like that. Um, and so I guess they were they were, they were due a good season. Um, I mean, in some ways, this is maybe not the best week to have, to have picked to speak about them just because I thought they were very, very lucky against Claremont. Um I thought Claremont were, were the better team in the first half and um you know the penalty that, that Marseille got right at the end of the half changes things. And although I think it was the right decision, it's one of those ones where I'm not sure that the defender could do that much about it, sort of jumping um, you know, in the wall to to defend a free kick. So I felt a little sorry for them. And this Marseille's second goal late on was was pretty scrappy as well. Um, but I think, you know, in a way that's what Tudor is doing so well. Um we've spoken before about how you know previous arguably the good Marseille teams of recent years have not necessarily played champagne football, you know, going back to the Deschamps team, which won the title and Ellie Bop's team that did well, that kind of thing. And I think it's, there's an element of that. They, they can play nice things at time, but, 
but I think what Tudor's got them doing is is also that that hard side that is kind of like you know if we're not going to play well let's make sure we still get a result anyway so I think he's got a nice balance of of footballers and people who get stuck in of older players and younger players and I think also what's good and what maybe we haven't seen for a while from Marseille is there's there's a bit of depth in the squad as well um like you said Payet isn't um getting much starting time um I mean first of all that that's to Tudor's credit that he's managed to sort of seems to have got Payet on board with that um but it also makes sense. Payet is sort of, you know, well on the wrong side of 30 now, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, Sanchez is obviously doing the business at the moment. He's He's got Tavares looking like a goal-scoring fullback. Um, we know about their, their sort of midfielders, the likes of, of Verratti and Ganduzi, and, and they're not necessarily going to be the most um, attractive you know they're not sort of edge of seat players but they're always going to work hard and do and do a very good job and so I think all through the team he's just got a lot of players who are sort of you know I suppose more than the sum of their parts they're all doing what they do well and they're they're playing together as a team I mean I I would not like to get on Tudor's wrong side so (laughs) maybe it's kind of easier for him to get that out of them than others but um yeah, well, I think what what he's doing is is excellent so far. I think I think he's actually more intimidating than Sam Paoli. I never thought I'd ever say that because he just looks like the guy who would murder you <laughs> in your sleep. Whereas I think Sam Paoli would murder you in full full daylight of everybody. Ah, and Sam Paoli's one of those frauds, you know, just because he's got a lot of tattoos and looks angry all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do tend to agree with that. Just one other quick thing before I um I throw to Phil on this one as well. What do you make of the Kunduzi in this more of a sort of kind of advanced eight role that they seem to be going for because I've, I've always associated him as a you know a tough tackling sort of energetic midfield presence he was at Lorient and certainly was at Arsenal and this sort of new role that he's being pushed into is it more that Marseille maybe don't have that player in the absence of a player and then he's just trying to get more running there or do you feel that that's a, a position that he could fill almost like sort of Pogba for France type of role I think he can fill it to an extent I think he is limited. I think he's not Pogba. No. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, it's it's it works for Marseille in Ligue 1, whether it's going to work, for example, in Europe or for France. I don't. I don't think he's got that quality. I mean, mm. we we saw in, in in my personal opinion, and we saw it against Tunisia. I'm not necessarily. I'm still not convinced he's got international quality. Full stop. But um, like I said, what he does well, he does well. Yeah. Yeah, fair point, fair point. Phil, in, in regards to to what sort of myself doing, just, just as as a as a whole. Can I sorry, just can I add one more thing as well? Yeah. I forgot to. Um also to give Marseille credit, they've also contended with, you know, having to deal with a couple of flop, flops like Luis Suarez not mm. working and, and Gerson leaving and, and that kind of thing. So to do that and maintain squad spirit and harmony is is all the more impressive, I think. Yeah, and the likes of Unahi coming in, um, where that that represents probably good business. And I, th- I think from what I've seen of him previously, that apparently knew will be, but will will come good. I think he just hasn't. He's going to take some time to settle, but um, yeah, I think he will probably come good. Just on Marseille in general, Phil, as as a whole, is it? Do, do you see it as a controversial topic alert here? But is it a good thing? for French football as a whole, that they are the ones that are going to be pushing PSG at the moment? Because 
we saw, we saw it against Claremont at the weekend. There was sort of some disturbances in the crowd. A lot of it was mainly flare orientated, but there was a lot of police presence. They aren't universally liked by other teams, especially some of their ultras and in, in the fan base. But they are also a grand old name of French football. So is it a good yeah. thing that they are performing the way they are? I think it is. We've seen over the last couple of weeks that Lance, who we were really excited about, but were kind of scared about, have Lance have dropped off in form terms. And so what you want is someone who can challenge. And yeah, Marseille are doing that. They are doing that with some vigour and we'll come to the Coupe de France later, but they they are through to the quarterfinals, having beaten PSG in the last round. So I think if Lens, with the greatest respect possible, because they've been fabulous to watch, if they were still second, you wouldn't feel as nervous with PSG as you do if Marseille is second. Mm. Just see what... Yeah. And, and I, what I, I mean, because Marseille, you know they've got it in them. Mm. Lons are quite likeable as well, aren't they, in the way they play. Monaco, we'll probably touch on a bit later on as well. They're, they're a similar breed in that they play... Oh, Lons are likeable, but it's kind of that, yeah, they're going to be brilliant and then they're going to fade away. Yeah. Uh, I don't see Marseille fading away. I see them keep kicking yeah. uh, till, till it's done. Yeah. And that is how you win a championship. So, or it's how at least you fight for a championship. Yeah. So and I was, that's I, something I think they they've got that Lons maybe don't feel, is the history. I feel like they thrive on the nobody likes us, we don't care as well. I feel like that's definitely oh, oh God, in yes. the Marseille dressing room somewhere on a big <laughs> sign. Like, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I do just want to. I don't usually do this, but I will do this in particular because I was chatting to somebody. Um, in a Twitch stream earlier on, um, who goes by the name of It's Triple. Um, he'll know uh, when he hears this if he's listening, but he's a very big Marseille fan and he's very excited at the moment. So uh, if you're listening, good evening to you. Let's um, turn over the stone marked PSG, Jez, unfortunately. Uh, we are going to have to do that. When I say unfortunately, it makes for some interesting discussion. They lost at the weekend by three goals to one away at Monaco, which in it, on its own sort of merit is not like a oh my God, they lost a who kind of result. Um, it would be fair to say that a couple of those goals, certainly the first one was was very much gifted. And it would also be fair to say that PSG were not at full strength. And Galtier was suggesting that some of the players were were ill before the game and somebody dropped out 30 minutes before kickoff. But this is a bigger story now, isn't it? Because they've got Bayern Munich in the Champions League tomorrow, time for recording. There are suggestions that Mbappe will be fit, although judging by the fact that he clearly did a thyra or a muscular injury anyway. I don't know how fit he's going to be. Messi, no one really is clear, but the suggestion he's going to miss it. Neymar has gone back to the very dislikable Neymar, in my opinion, that we've seen far too many times before. 
Um, and I, I guess the question I ask you straight off the bat is, has Christophe Galtier suddenly started to lose that magical touch? Because he looks and sounds to me like a coach who is who's feeling it right now and is maybe wavering from the things that got him this job in, in the first place. What, what do you make of what's going on there? Because this is this is like three to four weeks of bad performances now, isn't it? I'm just I'm sort of stunned that Gautier is getting so much stick. I mean, what what's the Einstein quote about stupidity is sort of just doing the same, you know, failing and just doing the same thing again and again and again. Gautier is not a bad coach. Pochettino is not a bad coach, whatever you think, Chris. Tuchel's <laughs> not a bad coach. Emery's not a bad coach. Blanc, um, you know, in retrospect, turns out to be the 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 best coach they had. Um, Ancelotti, believe it or not, look at his Palmares, isn't a bad coach. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, there's other things that are wrong in the club. a bad coach. Mm-hmm. No. So, you know, to keep blaming the coach and just think, keep thinking, we'll, we'll replace replace the guy that sits on the bench and everything else will work itself out. I mean, how, how stupid can you be? I so- want to stress, by the way, I'm not. But <laughs> I'm not blaming Gazi. I'm just saying what the people are suggesting. So, yeah, 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 you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah the people. I just I think that there are mitigating factors right now. There are injuries. There is the World Cup hangover, which you can argue is fair enough for for a couple of players. Um, I said before i wouldn't mind if they just stood up and said this is a transition year so that next year we'll have the you know zaya emery will be <laughs> you know well embedded in the first team and and will push on but this this year is about giving him the experience it's about giving bichiabu um the experience that kind of thing i wouldn't mind that but they're not you know they're, they're not doing that and so he's sort of He's having to kind of make do to an extent because he's not able to play his first team. When the f- whole first team is fit, as we've discussed so many times before, it's a pretty imbalanced team anyway. And I actually do think, well, that I know that in the past, I think this whole you know mental block about um, Champions League and, and getting past certain stages and the remontadas and all that kind of thing has been overdone and it's sort of become a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think now it is an issue that sort of traumatises the whole club and probably from basically the new year onwards, everyone's worried about injuries and suspensions and how we're going to embarrass ourselves this time and, and that kind of thing. And so I feel like it's almost like from from new year until until they they play that first leg of the of the next round it's almost like some kind of stasis where nothing is real and it doesn't really matter because usually we've built up a decent enough lead in the league that we can afford to to drop a few points and and let's all just worry about sleepless nights with the champions league approaching which obviously isn't healthy either but I'm just trying to, to think of mitigating circumstances there. But the bottom line is there's all the same issues. There's, as you said, Neymar, you know, 
not in his defence, but Mbappe and, and Messi aren't there. So he's the star having to do it all by himself. But he's not looking close to capable of doing that. Not only that, he's not showing any leadership. He's the one that's still pitching no. and rolling around. He's the one who's having sort of public fights with the, the two youngest or two of the three youngest players in the team and sort of bawling them out when they've made a mistake rather than putting his arm around them and encouraging them. He's the one, you know, what along with Marquinhos, surprisingly, who is meant to be you know the more assured more more well the captain the the leader you know Mm. even he seems to have lost it a little bit not only on the pitch which he's seen for a while now but off the pitch as well you know them having arguments with Campos which may turn out to be a good thing clearing the air but it's all the same kind of things we're seeing again and again and again and and um you know camp I think Campos is uh project if you want is probably going to take two or three years it probably will pretty much have to wait until at least two if not all three of Messi, Neymar and and Mbappe are out of the club and they can really kind of focus on building a balanced squad but until that happens you've still got a a huge gap in midfield especially if Vitinha and Verratti aren't playing together You've still got issues in defence. You know, the fact that Danilo Pereira has somehow become um, almost the, the talisman leader in the team, mm. all due respect to him, it tells you everything you need to know. Mm. But that said, although they won at the weekend, Bayern aren't looking great either. So it's a very no. good day them too. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did see some people on, I think it's, I think it's ESPN, were sort of saying, oh, maybe PSG could just do damage limitation in the first leg. And I was just sitting there thinking, really? Like, Bayern aren't exactly scaring anybody. <laughs> The, the... And, and PSG don't really do damage limitation. No, no, they, they in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I I put that tweet out the other day about Neymar's uh, neighbours um, complaining about his persistent parties and chuckled to myself as I read that quote. the The other one that I can't get my head around is is uh, forgive the sort of um, uh, kind of what's the word? Um, can't think of the word actually, but the fanboyism, I guess. But um, Fabian Ruiz was one of the best sort of holding defensive midfielders in in world football at Napoli. Uh, and I recently watched a documentary on on Sky about the transfer deadline then. It followed his story about sort of him and his agents and trying to get this move. And he was so desperate to get to PSG. And I wonder, Penny, for his thoughts right now, because um, he, he just isn't getting a look in. I just think if there was ever a partner you know, for you Verratti... Know, you know, you know, was it against Toulouse where he yeah. won yeah, he a really good pass as well? Yeah, I, 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 it's more of the case that I sort of feel for him that he's not being used. And and to mention about your point about uh, Galtier not being a, a miracle worker, I, I do feel like he's desperately trying to use these younger players. And I know that there's quite a high-profile mistake that led to that opening Monaco goal at the weekend. Second um, one as well. So, sorry, yeah, yeah, which one was worse, but uh, Bittishibu was, was certainly at fault there. But Zaire Emery on the score sheet, he's impressed. I think Ekatike, whilst the goals are not coming, he always impresses in terms of his work rate. You know, there, there is signs there. But then when you bring in Ramos every time, you just think, well, what's the point? But, um, yeah, good luck to PSG, I guess, this weekend or this midweek. We'll see what, what comes out of that game with Bayern and where they are after that. Phil, I wanted to um, touch on one of the, the positive stories, though, uh, of the current week um, and of the current sort of, well, that's, was it 12, 12, 13 games now? And that is the, the Will Steele uh, regime at Rams. And and they are 
this isn't this isn't a coincidence anymore i mean this isn't just like oh it's a little bit of luck i mean they are on a tear they're they're 10th in the in the league now a 4-0 crushing of Twa, who are very much downwardly mobile it would have to be said at the weekend and they've got the the most informed goal scorer in the league in, in Flo Balogun, who's reveling in this this sort of role as being number one he ironically replaced Ekitike in the ah. side yeah. Is um, it the Arsenal connection that yeah. makes you mention this? No, no, not at all. Because as good as as good as he is, I actually said on our podcast, I said yeah. he should be sold because I think is it the Arsenal very... connection that makes you refer to him as Flo. Well, he is he is our Flo. <laughs> but he, he is Liga's top goal scorer. But for the record, and as much as I do like him, I, I would sell him because I think his value is very high right now. But but the job that Will still is doing, I mean we we don't need to go through all the ins and outs of how he loved football manager and got the job, et cetera, because that's been done to death. I just want to sort of say just how good and how consistent he's got this team playing and, and are other teams in the league going to look at this and think, actually, it's not always about the name of the manager. It's about the connection to the players, about how he is tactically aware, how he changes games as well. I mean, they're, they're just on a, on a tear right now. Because, yes, when you look at the form table, You've got the teams that are uh, coming up, like Monaco, Nice, and Reims are up there. And uh, Lorient and Rennes and Reims are maybe the other way. So I think this is... Sorry, uh, but I think this is about consistency, as you said, that this team is going to be one that can maybe take advantage of other teams dropping off, mm. which will be interesting. So, as you say, at the weekend, quite Yeah. So, 4-0 there, whatever. But it was 4, not 2. Yeah. They are taking their chances and they're going with it. They're enjoying it. They're making their mark. And I think that's... Interesting, but they are tenth, as you say. They're a long way off, so I don't think they're going to make you know, the the best places. But they might just fuck up a couple of people on the way into the final straight, as it were. So, yes, it's a very uh, impressive performance, but it's not one that's going to get them into Europe. It's just one that's going to get them stable in Ligue 1, I think. That that opens a... The question I'll put to you then, just because uh, that that is always the question, isn't it? It's like when a team arguably overperforms, 
Um, and and I, I think we're actually at the point now, I, I, I sort of disagree almost with Phil slightly there, because I, I feel like we're at the point now where they've, they're not just overperforming anymore, they're now consistently performing. They're, they're, they're arguably uh, a team that you know what you're going to get now. They, you know, they're, they're expected to get results because of, of how Steel's got them, got them playing. Where is the, the glass ceiling, if you like, for them? Because they're picking up all these wins, but when, when they've got like the likes of Leon unbeaten in four, Nice are on a, a decent unbeaten stretch, Lille have won the last two, Monaco on a surge. So they're, they're almost not going up in the table, which I kind of feel for them on. But is it almost good for, for Rams and for Steel to, to sort of sit in that middle area just outside Europe? Or do you think that they've actually got the potential to maybe just sneak into or, or at least up to those European spots from fifth downwards? They're, they're unbeaten since September. It's nuts, isn't it? Absolutely nuts. Um, yeah, I, I think the issue is that too many. There's been too many draws. Mm. Um, you know, they, yeah, they've 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 scored four a couple of times recently, and and probably would have swapped you know a couple of one nils to for a few of those goals to be spread around some of those draws. Um, you know, for every commendable draw at PSG, maybe a nil nil against Auxerre isn't isn't quite good enough for a team aspiring mm. to Europe. But I suppose it, it you know, it, firstly it depends what they set for themselves as a target. Generally France's um sort of MO is the, the usual sort of, you know, unearthing some 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 young talents and then selling them for a big profit, which they've done very well the last two, three years. And I suppose this year in particular, because they started pretty badly, that they've been playing catch up ever since. But yeah, if they can maintain an un- unbeaten run and make sure that you know for the rest of the season there's there's more wins than draws, then then they do have a chance. I, I think that they've got a little bit too far to catch up. But you know, people are uh, there's always some people who are saying Lyon is still capable of making a late run for Europe. Well, if they can, then there's no re- no reason Lance can't. I think they will, like I said, fall a little bit short, but they're, if nothing else... I, they, I'd they... say neither. Yeah, I think no. that's the likelihood as well. I just mean no. if yes, people can say... Yes, mathematically, yes, but they're not... I, neither of them are going to Right, but I think also, you know, if nothing else, they're, they're winning a hell of a lot of fans. They're... Um, if if that's what they want, they're putting a lot of people in the in the shop window as well. They're playing a good attacking football, and you know I'm not going to criticise Garcia because he did a good job at Brighton and he's gone through the sort of hell that you wouldn't wish on on your biggest enemy this year personally. But um, he probably didn't get um, Reims playing as well as as they could have done. I think he he you know, as is his want, probably look more to the defensive side and and still is showing that they've got a, still got a lot of very talented attacking players who, um, you know, when they combine well, can can really entertain um, while still, you know, maintaining a, a reasonably relatively mean defence as well. So I'd, I'd like to see them maintain the kind of the form that they're currently in, but I think maybe Europe's just... A little bit too, a little bit too far. I think there's there's too many teams above them who who maintain enough of a decent run of form to to stay ahead of them. Yeah, as as Magnus once said, one step beyond maybe. Uh, question, uh, just uh, I'll keep it with you actually, Jez, for a second because um, 
I think we we discussed these recently, but just to shoehorn them into the the new manager bounce conversation, are you are you impressed with with what Didier Digar is continuing to do since we last had that conversation about him? Because they they're four wins in a row now. They've rocketed up the table. They are definitely on that European push. Thirty seven points, just uh, four points behind Lille in fifth now. Consistency in selection, some good additions in the in the January window. Um, they went away to Marseille and, and really deserved to win last weekend. That was and damn your illness, because I was looking forward to discussing that with you. But um yeah, they 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 do seem to be they seem to have things have things sorted, don't they, under Digar? Three 0 win over Ajaxi at the weekend as well, which maybe is kicking a blind man's stick away a little bit at the moment. But they look pretty good. Are you are you kind of behind the, the Digar idea? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, the sandwich, you take away the sort of sandwich of, of 6-1 against Montpellier and then 3-0 to, against Ajaxio, which, you know, with respect to Montpellier at the moment, they're, they're sort of formalities. But the matches in between, 0-0 at, at Reims, who are in good form, beating Lille, who can be up and down, but they're still Lille, beating Lens away, which is a, you know, maybe with hindsight that Lens are not in great form at the moment, but that was a really impressive result. Marseille away, an even more impressive result. There, you know, he's passed every test so far. And and I know he was kind of spoken about as a as a real coaching hope, but um to to kind of be this effective this quickly is brilliant. And we always said like Mises squad this year is just a weird squad. It's not, it's not a bad squad. It's just a very strange mishmash of, of young talents of old British weirdly talents who seem well past their best and not necessarily the most motivated. And so I suppose it was always going to be relatively difficult to get them to all bed in together. Um, and Favre clearly wasn't able to do it. But Diga, you know, whether it proves just to be a bounce or not, is certainly doing that. And and you've got Brahimi who scored six, scoring weldies yeah. um, every time he touches the ball. You've got Laborde who's come in, who we know is a, a sort of, um, not sure, fire, a sort of, you know, safe pair of hands. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't mention uh, the M word. I know you're going to mention the M word, aren't you? The Moffy word. Well, no, he hasn't done much yet, really. Um, Schmeichel looks mm. like he's eaten more pies than pie yet recently. <laughs> seems to have found a little, a little bit of old form. Um, Budawi, I still think, is is a brilliant, really underrated player. You know, there's talent in that team. Well. You know, if you've got, you've got Dante scoring yeah. in the area, you know that, that things are going well for you at the moment. Yeah. So, the um, former Catherine Turam as well, I think, I think he's... He's getting close to finding that that sort of potential that we I think a lot of people who saw him early on in his career thought he had, but weren't sure whether he'd kick on. I feel like he's starting to really up, up his game to that level yeah, as I well. Think he'll have a big move in the summer. Yeah, yeah. So he'll probably rot in Newcastle's reserve, sadly. I hope not. Um, Phil, just um leaving behind teams or be unfair not to sort of mention some of the teams that are struggling just in a passing glance here. I mentioned like Twa, oh, Twa and Strasbourg and Ajaxio continue. Yeah, but Montpellier. but Montpellier got a win ah. the weekend, to be fair, and you've dropped Brest right in it with that 3-0 win because they've now gone <laughs> below Montpellier. It seems to be Montpellier down now in terms new, of down. manager bounce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, did, you see, did you see the tweet I put out about this? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I basically said the Montpellier, uh, sorry, I'm patting myself on the back here, but I feel like the analogy was good. I said Montpellier re- rehiring Desicarian is, is like the sex was just too good with the ex that you just couldn't say no to one last shot. And I feel, I feel like that's what's <laughs> happening. But oh, it Matt, did get I, the win, though, you know, and it, and, and that, well, that's all they needed, I, wasn't it? <clears throat> Above anything else, uh, Roma B2 was the guy who was banned for six months, I think, for punching a journalist. As you do. So... Yeah, I need it's not good. I'm looking at the tumble down table they've taken, it's not good. So, yeah, they won at the weekend against Brest. They haven't done anything impressive against any higher team. And so I remain nervous, very nervous mm. about this whole situation. I think you might get lucky in the extent that there's probably three clubs worse than Montpellier below them right now. And yeah, uh, there has to be four. Well, yeah, that that's true. But I'm 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 taking on the assumption that Angers are gone. Uh, I know they've drawn the last two oh, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on Gerard. <laughs> they're they're um, But there is, it's still nervy. Mm. That's something we're all going to have to live with. Yeah. Um, can I just mention something about PSG? Mm-hmm. I think Jez mentioned uh, Zaya and Marie, but. He got the goal uh, three weeks ago against uh, against Montpellier uh, and the weekend while they were battered by Monaco. He got the goal. This is, as Jess was saying, about goals here. There are there is this sense that we are actually supporting the youth mm. and him kind of uh, playing that part in this is impressive. So whatever happens in the league, in the Champions League, whatever, I think some PSG fans are going to be more content with Galtier than with previous managers because they're seeing more of more more of their youth coming through. More development in that squad, yeah. More, yeah. more potential future. And Zaya Emery is taking his chances and away. And that is, I mean, obviously it might mean that he's sold wonderfully in the summer, but 
it could also mean he is making his space in PSG going forward. Yeah, I feel like that that Champions League game is going to have... I, I just I dread to think what's going to happen if that goes the wrong way tomorrow. We'll obviously cross that bridge when we come to it. And um, one other, uh, just before I do a quick sort of roundup of the rest of the of the games at the weekend, and then we'll come on to Coupe de France. Just one other thing I wanted to ask you, Jez, um, and it's it's a very sort of simple question, um, but is is Ryan Shirky the best talent in Liga right now? in terms of form because I watched him last night for Leon's game against Lons and he uh, created the first scored the second he looks like a player who is I wouldn't say finally because he, he's still young I think he's only what 19 21 uh, 19 to 21 but somewhere between the two but he feels like a player who is is taking that step into the out of the shadows and into that position now with with Leon and probably will be the next big one out of there ironically enough but would you say he is the the most informed talent we've, we've got in the league right now he's definitely up there and yeah as you said i think a few of us have been waiting for that for a while and it's not i was going to say it's not his fault i mean you know not there at training every day if if uh two or three different managers haven't sort of trusted him with the keys to the team there's there's probably a reason for it in the background but you know if nothing else that's what may be the sort of main saving grace of this season and f- you know, Laurent Blanc's time at Lyon is that he's finally given Cherki a really good run in the team and and he's, yeah, he's absolutely thriving. And and we knew that he always reminded me of sort of Joe Cole at the start of his career where everyone knew he had all the skills. It was a question of whether, you know, you don't care how many keepy uppies you can do. Do you have the sort of tactical discipline and and, and the stamina and the understanding of the game to to convert that into being a good footballer for 90 minutes and maybe that's where the issue's been you know maybe judging when to be selfish when not to be that kind of thing but he looks brilliant since certainly since the new year arguably a little bit before as well and it's it's becoming his team Lacazette's been been doing the business scoring the goals Kakare's been doing the business winning winning the ball next to him and and you know the young defenders are, are still doing well as well I think but um he's no, if Lyon can salvage anything from the season, it almost certainly will be dependent on him. And then obviously the next issue is whether they're, they're able to to keep him um, and, and give him a real full season next year as well. But um, it's it's really good to see because we've all been waiting for this for a while. And, and I hope that he can, can maintain it and it doesn't all go to his head because he's he's a fantastic footballer he's got all the skills we we've seen that he's a he's a good finisher as well um and he's now looking like a proper number 10 who can you know control games yeah Um, and yeah as i said it might be that behind the scenes it it just took a while for him to reach the maturity to do that yeah i think i saw that he's played like 85 games for Lyon, which i was really shocked about but i'm guessing that probably 74 of them were on a sub. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he is still <laughs> he is still 19. So yeah, he did break through very early. Um and I'm I'm actually quite liking the fact that that Parkola is has forced his way into the lineup as well. Because the, the difference between his work rate and the I think it was about what, 35 to 40 minutes that Dembele put in last night was staggering. Like just so much. And like I said, went off injured, so Dembele kind of had to come on, but 
yeah, I just thought he just looks a shell of the player that they got from Celtic and looks totally disinterested, whereas Barcola looks sort of a player who's just hungry at, at getting an opportunity. And I, just, quite I, nice. don't know, I don't know what the issue is with Dembele. I think this happened as well, like two or three years ago, maybe after the, the, the COVID year where he did... Yeah, when he went on loan to Atletico, was it? Around that time? Yeah, like last year, certainly the, the second half of last season, he, he pretty much matched Mbappe for goals. Mm. And then the start of this season, he's kind of nowhere to be seen again. Just fell off, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. If it's no. again, maybe some bad attitude or coming back from the holidays a little bit overweight. I don't know, but there was a suggestion, wasn't there? Uh, forgive me, I'm going for memory. Wasn't there? A, wasn't there a celebration that he did referring to? I think he, I think he pointed to his wrist, like referring to his watch, because somebody had said he wasn't keeping good timing in training or something. I could be wrong on that, but I'm sure this is going back about a season and a half, but I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm sure there was something that came out about his attitude and training and turning up late and and he made a very pointed celebration. I, I'm pretty sure that was a thing. But yeah, I, I don't know. But um, compared to how Lacazette's been, and obviously he's come home, quote unquote, and he's, he seems to be loving pretty much the role he had, he had with Arsenal as well, like guiding the younger players through into the first team and the difference is back at Leon, he's he's scoring goals. Whereas he wasn't doing that towards the end at Arsenal. But yeah, it's good to see him, him and and those younger players like Barcola and and Cherky getting getting some props. But uh, yeah, sorry, I don't want to throw you throw that one out without any prep. But I wanted to to mention it. Um, yeah. Right. So just a quick round of the uh, the sort of what happened at the weekend as well. Nantes um, were winners over Lorient. Uh, we mentioned Leon winners over Lens. Alcer and Angers drawing 1-1, which didn't really help either of those teams. Toulouse, surprisingly, beating Rennes by three goals to one. That was certainly a turn-up in terms of form. Toulouse are the highest scorers in Europe in 2020. They, they are smashing it, aren't they? Yeah, well, they... Their, their um, form is great. Yeah. Something has happened and they are on a tear, as yeah. you said earlier. I think. calling them a promoted team almost seems a bit wrong even though they technically are because they feel like to me like a club who you know they went down when they probably shouldn't have gone down now they're back where they belong kind of in in, in a sense but yeah some really good results uh, for them um Lille added to Strasbourg's woes as well with a, a Jonathan David double as they beat Strasbourg by two goals to nil um and I think we've covered all the other results there so yes um, Antonetti is set to become a Strasbourg Oh, is that uh, is, yeah? Is that come out today? Yeah, basically Strasbourg and Nossi are pretty much all full of ex mess players mm. and coaches, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, um, so uh, yeah, all changed there, and um, yeah, as we mentioned earlier on in the pod, I think it, I think it's Montpellier uh, downwards as to who will join, probably Angers. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Angers cut adrift really at ten points because they would they'd have to turn around eight. Yeah. Points they even are, to get anywhere close, so. and I feel like even I'll say even three points back on a Jaxi, I feel like Osea is starting to get to cut away from that that pack as well. So if I had to put money on it, I'm looking at a Jaxi and Trois as the two that drop. But we shall see. Um, we shall see. Um, let's have a just a quick uh, update on Coupe de France, uh, Phil, because sadly Lorient lost on penalties, and uh, you know, I'm sad. Uh, but... uh, quite apart from that, the uh... The Pudi Pousse that we were looking out for, Vierzon, they lost to Grenoble. So we've got 
through to the quarterfinals, it feels bad. It feels wrong to say pretty per se because they're Ligue But we've got three Ligue teams, all of whom are playing away in the next round because um, the big result, I think, in the weekends was Marseille beating PSG 2-1. But what happened is we're going to have, at the end of the month, OL play Grenoble, Nantes, Lens, Toulouse-Rodez, and Marseille-Annecy. And I think we were talking about Marseille earlier, but they've got to be looking at the Coupe de France Big time, yeah. this year. I think big time. Mm. And they should be able to beat, honestly, um, who uh, drew 1-1 with... Harry FC, who needed a 91st-minute goal to equalise, honestly, their one on on uh, penalties. And looking at the draw, I we could be looking at an OM a well uh, final. But that will be very interesting. But I think that's something that they're going to take very seriously. And so, you know, that could be a couple of big nights at the bell. Yeah. Was it the and it's twenty eighth and the first twenty eighth February first of March, so next week. Um, and and yeah, looking at that draw, if you assume that Lyon come through, uh, if Lens come through to Toulouse and Marseille, then you've got four really interesting ties there that could present. You know, I, I guess in an ideal world, you kind of want. Um, sorry, Lens fans. Sorry, Toulouse fans. You kind of would would love to see a Lyon Marseille final there if they avoid each other in the draw. But yeah, um, either way, I I sort of I fear for the. Uh, Fear for, for Grenoble and, and an Altsy, but you never know, and even Rodet. But on their day, rotated teams, who knows? It'd be interesting to see who does end up in the final. And it's just nice to see someone other than PSG in the in potentially in the final. So, uh, yeah, be, but be I do, I, I do want to have a little quiz. What could it be? I mentioned this now. This was, uh, Opta put this out. It was before the last week, so give us a minute. But the top 20 creators in the top five, there are six league players in the top 20 creators. I stress. You can create a chance without that chance being actually taken. Anyway, there are six Ligue 1 players in the top 20. 
Four in the top ten. Mm. This season? Yes. Mm. Yeah. We've got a joint third place. There's two league on players. Joint third place. Can you name them? I'm going Band and Bowman. Yeah, that was exactly yes. the first one that came to mind. Yeah, to lose. Yeah. Jeremy, you have one. There, you. Uh, Bowman from Toulouse, but who is his uh colleague on uh third place? Colleague, as in a way, also plays for Toulouse. Nope, I wouldn't mind putting the the tip the Cabella. Cabela is in the top 20, but outside the top 10. I would have gone Burrigo or Jonathan Klaus would be the two that would jump to Burrigo is sixth. Hmm. And Klaus? Klaus is not in the top 20. Really? Okay. okay. I'm going Lefay for, for Chris. Oh, Lefay is 10th. Mm, yeah. So um, there's somebody very obvious who is outside the top ten but inside the top twenty. Messi. He, Messi or Neymar, yeah. Yeah, Neymar is the one. But who are we missing? Who is Golovan at Monaco? Uh, no. He no. You, you're gonna have to tell us. You're gonna have to tell us. You got me on this he one. He plays for Brest. Brass. Oh, um, Ladurol. No. Seriously, it's Onora. Oh, okay. That does yeah. surprise me. I'm not gonna he lie. was level third with Van der Boom. Wow. Uh, in the uh, Octa Best Creators. Group. And still only and still only twenty six. So. You know, if anyone's scouting out there, then uh, he's one—he's one that you can sign instead of Lefay. We'd like to keep him, please. So, <laughs> well, what do you know? Lefay is up there. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, what do you know? What do you know? Well, that's there. You go. That caught me out. But I'm—I'm I'm very glad that Jez and I were both. I'll give Jez the full credit because he said the name. But yeah, my immediate thought was, and the movement. How he's still at Toulouse, I don't know because he's just consistently been very good across both divisions for yeah. probably three years now. But um, yeah, very very decent, very decent indeed. Good stuff. Okay, um, right. Just before we shoot off, then, um, just a quick look ahead. So we have, like we said earlier, we have got European fixtures uh, up and coming. Um, rather than running through them all, I think really all eyes are going to be turning on the PSG game with, with Bayern tomorrow. So we will go through the, the various results across that on next week's pod. And um, that'll be one to tune into. Can I just, again, butting in. Um, I've been watching a couple of uh, documentaries on Canada Sport recently, which is Vermontade. Uh, look at but when it comes to PSG Bayern, there was a, there was a, a documentary about the 
it's 1994. I'm like, oh my God, look at the players, way, etc. And then it said 2017, and Neymar was playing. I didn't realize he'd been there that long. I know that seems crazy, but he still feels like the new guy who's messing stuff up rather than having been there for six years. I just felt that was weird. Time flies when you're having fun or throwing yourself around on the pitch. Well, yeah, some of these players, there was Tiago Mota, who I think of being a previous generation. But this was Mbappe, Neymar, Verratti. They're all still there. Yeah. How long after? It felt very odd. And I know that uh, Bonian are not having the best of times in the Bundesliga, but are they having a good enough time to knock over PSG? Hmm. I I personally suspect we are going to get one of two PSGs and only one of two PSGs. We are either going to get the uh, petulant, kicking, diving, screaming at referees, PSG, who get walloped, or we're going to get the very sort of disciplined, Galtier structured, um, tight run, one-one draw, or Nika, or Nika, sort of two-one win. I, I, I just don't think we're going to get the the quietly played out, you know, high-scoring, entertaining draw. I just don't. I just don't. I think I think it's going to be absolutely batshit or very, very carefully planned and meticulously thought out tactically but who knows you know certainly me I, I don't know we'll have to see what happens but so uh, we will be tuning into that i'm sure tomorrow and we'll also be tuning into the weekend's action as well which i will just briefly run down the fixtures for starting on friday as osea desperately needing points host leon who obviously their form is on the up uh, very much informed nice host rouse on sunday at 4 p.m and uh, my goodness me, you've got a scrap on Saturday night if you fancy that kind of thing. Strasbourg host Angers. Um, Strasbourg really have to win that when you feel. PSG host Lille in the Sunday 12pm game. And the 2pm blocks of games sees Lorient host Ajaxio. Brest hosting Monaco against Clermont and Troyes against Montpellier. That one's a bit of a battle as well. And then Lens host Nort in the 4.05pm kickoff. And it's all rounded off with Marseille on a Sunday evening. Who'd have thought as they go to Toulouse? So they are the fixtures for next weekend. And just very, very briefly before also, we do... sorry, excuse hmm. me. Thursday, we've got some cracking Europa League uh, setups, which are Shakhtar Ren. Juventus versus not. I mean, that feels like a really kind of 80s mm. classic and kind of picture, well, uh, but also by Leverkusen versus uh, Monaco. So Thursday is going to be 
chaos. Plenty to keep your and eye I on, yeah. I think that's going to be great fun. Especially if you're a football purist and you don't want to watch Man United Barcelona, which it seems like everyone's going to. But that one's early, early on in the evening, are so you can always. Are they there? Yes, yeah, yeah. That's the oh. playoff round. So one of the big guns is going to go. But that's the early game, so oh, you can still. Juventus not. Well, that, I, I, I think with like classic Juventus have got uh, their own house to get in order domestically so god knows what's going to happen to them if they get deep into the european <laughs> fixtures but we shall uh, we shall see um just before we do go i just wanted to give a, a very brief nod to league da as we're now we're in the second half of the season just like to check in on where that is every couple of weeks love are still uh, flying away at the top they're eight points clear of Sochaux on 48 points it looks like they are making promotion strides uh, bordeaux uh, we know who they are they're third and gaining ground uh, Jez, the the Mets ship is still is still sailing in good waters, unbeaten uh, in five, I think it is now three wins out of the last five, up to fifth. Well, so big I think match tonight. Big, I was just going to say, yeah, the, the the match tonight, isn't it? Um, uh, it's the game in hand, isn't it? Yeah, because all the yeah. other Sunday games have been played. So yes, Mets hosting Khan, I think I'm right in saying, is it? Yes, it is Khan, yeah. um, who are currently ninth. So yeah, with a win there, you could be joint third, Jez. But we won't, we won't we won't jinx it. Uh, down at the bottom, St Etienne are just about clambering their way out of trouble. Three wins from the last five seasons and 16th. Yes, 16th in Ligue 2, just above the bottom four, which currently contains Nîmes, who you may remember from such leagues as Ligue 1 previously. Uh, Dijon are also down there in 19th. They're sandwiching Neil in 18th. And Rode are currently down at the bottom of the table. But it's tight. 21 points up to maybe 20, 29 points in 11th. So a couple of couple of runs of games, a couple of wins, and you can rock it up that league. So I'm rather surprisingly, Perry FC struggling into 13th, I note, as well. So there you go. A little bit of bonus league action for you. But that is where we will leave this week's pod. I hope you have enjoyed. I say apologies again for last week, but sometimes these things happen to us all. Um, so, uh, Jez, thank you very much for uh, for coming back and um, let's hope that's the last of the illnesses for the winter for you. Thank you very much. You are very welcome. And uh, Phil, all the best to you as well. Get that bathroom sorted and uh, we'll be back with you next week. Many thanks. <laughs> thank you. And uh, thank you to you, the listener, of course, for tuning in because without you, it just wouldn't be any point, would there? So uh, whatever you are choosing to do, whether you're watching in Europe or domestically, Uh, Enjoy your French football and we will speak to you very soon.